Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my shit together. That's my shit together. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. So that's that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Well, what about Jackson Jacks? I'm Tom Howell. Matt Burn on the board. S and P futures down thirty eight. As they features down 160, yeah, this is after a huge update yesterday. The varmints, of course, are Amazon and Apple earnings, mostly Amazon, um, which we're going to go through here with Mr. Kevin. He's a supply chain guy. So what do you own, like 10,000 Amazon shares, Kevin? Yeah, something like that. Well, hey, i, I got to tell you, this is going to be my last show. I am leaving to join the uh, Disinformation Governance Board. Um, What the hell is that? It's something that the uh, Biden administration announced yesterday. It's going to be part of Homeland Security. <laughs> you got to kid me. Sounds like Ministry of Truth to me, doesn't it to you? God, it sure does. God, it sure. What is with the, what? What is with people that if, if you if you're the one doing the censoring, it's okay. It's only if other people do it, then it's bad. It's like like competition is the greatest thing in the world for every industry, but yours. Then it's cutthroat competition, right? Well. Who's running it? Nina Jankowitz um, was uh, was one of the leaders in trying to uh, bury the Hunter Biden story. Well, yeah, it only makes sense. Only is this like the Chicago administration? What is this? I, I, never, I, I you know, I used to think that the feds were pikers compared to Chicago, but I, I really I think we've gone the other way. I, uh, I, I don't really thought Kevin in all, all the years, and I mean, you. You probably did as well, even though you've uh, been conservative for a while. That that the real threat to to uh, liberty was from the right, the, the neocons and people like that. And now it really is. Maybe the real threat to liberty is just anybody in power. Whoever it happens. No, to uh, Tom, I, I I tend I I call it the uh, small L libertarian, but that's more how I think of myself. Um, that you know I, I I'm. I don't want big government. Big government. I think smaller government government is better. Uh, I think local government uh, is uh, uh, is where most spending. Well, it is where most spending occurs, but it, it should also be where it's sourced uh, because you can get more accountability for uh, for taxing and spending that way. Um, I, I think that's that, that that founding principle for our country was brilliant, and it's just so far in the rearview mirror now that you know it, it, it's. It's a nice little concept, but there's, you know, it, it, we're probably too far gone. But then when it comes to most social issues, uh, I'm pretty liberal. When it comes to um, free speech issues, for sure. And I always used to think that I had, you know, my that my free speech allies were on the left. Yeah, and, me too. Me too. And and, and, and I don't anymore. I, I think my free speech enemies are now on the left. How, do, uh, how does that? How does that happen? Well, it, it, uh, because because the left has moved more towards 
when you start, because the only way to make that work is uh, by force. People people don't volunteer uh, to to uh, to that kind of governance, and so the only way to do it is by force, and the, and force includes controlling what people have to say. I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not an expert. X an expert. I wouldn't be on the show. Uh, I'm not an expert on places that have gone way more socialist. I mean, the, in our time, the kibbutzes and obviously Sweden. Uh, Venezuela. Some, I don't know what Venezuela is. It's a dictatorship of some... Well, wh- whatever it was, they had a, a, a healthy, at least by the numbers, a healthy economy about 25 years ago. And now they're completely in the dumper. I, I wouldn't know. But I'm saying, <clears throat> in terms of socialism, meaning much more of a shared sort of situation... I don't get the connection between that and no free speech. I mean, I don't know there has to be a connection. Because because when you have to confiscate from people to make it work, you can't let them complain about it. You can't give them too much of a voice about it. Well, I'm, but I mean, if we went to the, the, uh, the Canada style of uh, medical care, which means allegedly everybody's included, but it's not really, that's not, not really how it works. It's really more like a, a large HBO. Uh, I don't know that that means... Or, or HMO, because HBO H- would HMO. actually probably be better for them. HBO would be better, but HMO, I'm sorry. Uh, the, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's really what it is. I mean, uh, but I don't, I don't, I guess I don't know there's a connection between that and not being able to talk about it. Only if you make one. Well, if you quiet the opposition, you can implement a hell of a well, lot more. Well, that's, that's true. I mean, I... But we, 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 we have quieted the opposition, uh, big companies have quieted the opposition. I mean, the whole idea, I know it's been kind of one of my themes this week that's probably maybe pissing some people off. I, I have no more desire of Google with a, with a business agenda owning YouTube. I just don't. I mean, uh, and, and, and if, if they just, if they were totally hands off, which will never happen, and if people didn't, somehow people feel there needs to be and I think there does. Uh, we had a big discussion about this last night at the uh, <clears throat> our Thursday night uh, uh, meeting, shall we say, uh, and you know about Twitter and some of the stuff that we've been arguing about all week. And and I, I I said, can you define for me what exactly it is? I mean, it's grown up to something, um, and it has this bill that says that they're they're not a, a paper or a newspaper or whatever. They're not a media, but. Well, what are they? I mean, if you had to start today and say, what are their responsibilities to do something about something? I mean, I mean, what is Google's responsibility owning YouTube? I mean, what is YouTube? Can anybody put anything on there no matter what it is? Uh, and, it, and if the answer, most people would probably say, well, gee, you know, there's got to be some limits. Okay, then that, that immediately the next question is, who, who's the guard and who will guard the guards? Right, I mean, that, that's, the limits, yeah. I mean, that's that's human nature. <laughs> okay, my first question is, nobody should be able to do that. Okay, in your opinion, maybe my opinion, but who actually makes that call, and who is he? Is he purer than purer than Farrell's wife, or does he have an agenda? We all know just about everybody has an agenda. So, uh, you know, once you walk down this road, Kevin, it, it's a it's a problem when you when you actually hold people's feet to the fire and being. Ri- I mean, it's, I know people think that I'm, I'm a total ass when I do this, but. I mean, you know, when somebody says, "Well, yeah, well, no, Twitter should be fine, except maybe that shouldn't be allowed," and I'll say, "Okay, you've made this determination, and by the way, I happen to agree with you <laughs> that they should be pretty free, 
And oh, by the way, some some crap shouldn't be allowed, right? Now, but what we what we both just said is a massive can of worms, right? <laughs> Who gets to say what? Who gets to say whatever? I mean, uh, you, know, you 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 couldn't tell the Tribune they had to to uh, to put your letter to the editor in there but that you want to you know drop a bomb on the White House. I mean, you you, you don't get to do that. Now, because the Tribune has some responsibility, say that hey, it's not just your letter; it's my paper, it's my ink, it's my my print. You know, so I have some responsibility, but I I think we don't have any idea where we're going, Kevin. That's why we can't we don't we don't yeah, know where we're at. we don't. So a couple of things come into play. One is the Section two hundred and thirty exemption. So um, so the the Tribune comparison from a legal standpoint um, to Twitter is is not the same. Not that I think that we that the um, Section two hundred and thirty uh, exemption that they have, which says um, whether you're you know whether you're a, a publisher or whether you're uh, just a forum uh, is uh, uh, gives you gives you a different standard for how you know how you govern and and what your legal liabilities are and so on. So that's you know, but let's put let's set that aside because I, I think the distinction at the moment between the two is is pretty blurred to say the least. But the the real point that I want to make is that it, there at least needs to be a standard for consistency. Um, that the you know if you want to say it's my side, your side, I don't care. You know you can you'd word it however you want. But if you're uh, but if you're um, if you're consistent, at, at the very least, then you can say we apply the same standards to everybody. Uh, and uh, and so live with it, you know. But but that's that isn't how Twitter has been operating, um, and uh, and as a result, um, you know that, that's a lot of the blowback. Now there are there are some alternatives to Twitter and other social media outlets, and they haven't grown big, but some of them have grown consistently and are getting bigger. You know, Rumble, for example, is. Um, as a business is doing reasonably well. Well, that was Eliani's point the other day. But the, pardon? That was Eliani's point the other day. But, but Kevin, they're, they're nowhere near close. No, they're nowhere near close. And and who knows if 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 all those were left alone, you know, five years from now, would they be a significant player in there? And remember, there, there was a time when Amazon was nowhere near close to eBay. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, Kevin, uh, when it goes back to what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And by the way, you're. you're you're, you're running right, right with me here, so thank you. But I'm saying, even when you had go back to the, uh, uh, you know, the, the the little the little town in New England. I was, just, but then again, they got Puritans up there, so, so that's a little different. But say we got to, we we got we, we're going to call it Kevin Park or, or or Matt Park, Matt Burn Park, and there's a thousand people in town. And if you want to talk to people, there's this big bulletin board down in the town square, and you get to put something up there. Well, I, I guess it's okay to say. Is Matt Burns mayor, and I don't like him. I'm running against him. Okay, but then if somebody puts up there, "Geez, Matt Burn uh, is is a bad guy. Let's show up tonight with guns and go shoot his dog or something." Ooh, I wouldn't agree with that. Yeah, I mean, so I mean that. So somebody's going to say, "Well, wait a minute, Th- that's not appropriate." And I think most of us would say, inciting people to show up with don- guns to go shoot somebody's dog is absolutely not appropriate. But okay, now there's there's massive pornography. Okay. Uh, Really awful stuff. Then there's a, a beautiful person with their clothes off. Now some people would say, "Well, I mean, it's the way you were born. How's that pornography?" Uh, actually, most of us weren't born that beautiful. But 
the point is, whenever you start doing this, there's obvious stuff, and then there's not so obvious stuff, and who gets to be in charge? The 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 the, the questions never end. I mean, the, 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 I mean, no matter what the medium is, the question remains the same: Is there any kind of censorship? And if there is, who gets to do it? Right? I mean, that, that therein lies the rub. Yeah, and and I'm I'm less concerned, especially when we're talking about a private business. I'm less concerned about who gets to do it than I am about who being consistent. Well, but right now we have governmental push. Were were, were they? This this is one of my. Um, I, well, I think you agree with me on this uh, scary radio that it, that you do. The, yeah, this is crap radio. Yeah. We got to come up with something we both disagree about. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's, going. but uh, but you, what, what we've seen in the last several years with the COVID and other things, and it's not just that, is the Bill of Rights, the things that, in the, in the words of, uh, what was it, uh, was it what, Simon was his last name, William Simon, freedom is not something that government gives to people, it's something people take from government. And, and once you understand that, the idea that, that government's going to help you out, they never do, because they don't want you, I mean, that's not, that's not what they do, it's what you take, I'm not talking about violence and stuff like that, but the fact is, somewhere along the line, it might have been violent, but I mean, the, the Bill of Rights basically says government can't do this, but they're getting real sneaky at saying we can't, but we can tell your boss to do it. That that's probably the single biggest. Oh, danger. and we can pressure your boss yeah, to do it. I, I, not I, just tell. It's, yeah. There can be consequences. I, I mean, I think that's one of the single biggest, if not the single biggest, shot to our freedom. Uh, two two shots to our freedom. That's that's a. That's a shot to our... Well, and, Tom, to, just to pile on, uh, as, as you like to say, so many of them have their nose up the butt of government anyway that they can't afford to be cut off. Right. And, and the other one is someplace, so somewhere... It's, you know, it's one thing if somebody threatens you with the tax code or something like that, but, um, you know, we, and, and we're sort of... We're, we're seeing it in Florida. Now, you know, should, should Disney have had the deal it has all along anyway? That's a debate, and we can set that aside. But right now, what we're seeing is... Um, you know that, that Disney, uh, um, uh, you know that, that they they push back on on uh, uh, the governor and the legislature, and uh, guess who had the last say on that one? So um, you know, yeah, and, and this is part of the the problem of having your nose up the butt of government that that uh, you know government can always um, uh, let one fly on you. Well, and you also have uh, the issue here in Chicago. I want to go over these. Uh, Yahoo things here, Kevin, because it's this is your your area, uh, and, I'll, and I want I would love your interpretation of what their numbers are because I think they look pretty awful. Um, not Yahoo numbers. The Am- I'm looking at the Yahoo Finance uh, breakdown on Amazon, which is the best one I've seen, by the way. Uh, the other one is, and I, I mean, this is not this is not a racial thing uh, because it just in some areas of the country the the, it, the people are white in Chicago. Most of them happen to be black, although not all. The idea that somehow or another we have this overriding uh, thing that we did to some people that we 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 owe them stuff and maybe we do uh, and but somehow the the uh, the way it piles out is we can't arrest anybody we can't stop anybody from doing bad things and it's, I don't I can't think of anything in my lifetime Kevin although maybe having yanked somebody to send them in the bushes of Vietnam that infringes on people's freedom as much is the violence here in Chicago and the, our total inability to arrest or detain anybody or stop it. Well, in, uh, inability or uh, uh, unwillingness or whatever. I mean, the idea that 
you, they're constantly hear stories. I hear a story every week of somebody on the train, some lady or even some guy, they're getting head bowled, uh, somebody grabbing their stuff or smoking right in front of them or spitting right in front of them or peeing in the corner, and some lady will say, would you please stop? And then they're right in their face, what are you going to do? I mean, this is, this is out of, you, you can't, you can't have somebody, well, even if we put up with it, just in yeah, terms well, you know what we really owe people, what we owe everybody is to be treated fairly, equally, etc. Yes. I mean, that's what we owe. But there also are bad people. That no matter what it is, no matter right. what society there is. Bad people, bad people of any race, of yes. any gender, of any, you know what, we owe them time in jail. Yes, or, or, or worse. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, this, and, and the way people shift from, uh, the thing in Chicago now that's making it so difficult for the police and everybody is all the people doing, not all, but a, a high percentage of the people doing the bad stuff, carrying the guns, doing the carjacking, are, are kids under the age of 18 doing it at other people's direction. And the, and the law seems absolutely flummoxed by this. What are we going to do? We can't, we can't, it's a juvenile, we can't do this, we can't do that. Well, right now, Kevin, it's, it's, now, I, I don't know how you don't, we got all these prisons we close in Chicago, every time you, you get a juvenile, you, you, you yank them out of Chicago and you, and you drive them there or something. So they don't get to hit, sit with their partners in jail, and maybe you don't let them out of there until they have a high school degree or something. I don't know what there is, what it is, but whatever we're doing is not, is, is taking a place down. And I gotta believe it's the same in St. Louis and all these other places. We, we, you can't, somewhere along the line, society has to protect itself. And, and, and what I don't want to see is if you don't, I'm not going to say the liberals or whatever, whatever. If you don't do it, you end up with a Hitler. Or somebody's going to say, I don't, somebody's going to run for mayor or for governor and said, I'm going to clean this up. I'm going to make the, 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 the rails safe for you and your kids. They don't care if the guy's Attila to hunt at some point. And I don't want to get there, Kevin, because we've seen it happen how many other places? Way too many. Way too many. I mean, Hitler Way made this, many. made this, I'm not, t- years later, I'm not, by the way, I've read more about the man than most, and I, I, uh, I'm absolutely, I, I can't believe somebody that vicious and that had such an amazing skill set on top of it. I mean, are, are people that are that crazed, do they always have some part of their brain that's genius or what? I mean, it, 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 it is, the, the dichotomy there is always fascinating to me. Is it, is it to you as well? Um, it, it, it is the well, you know. Uh, ra- people are really good at rationalizing. Well, I'm not rationalizing at all. I mean, I just, I don't think I'm just saying. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. you. I'm just saying, in general, yes, that dichotomy is fascinating. Well, I mean, and, and, and I'll let you. I'll let you get to the topic you want. One, one more comment on this disinformation uh, thing. Yeah. I wonder if anybody in the uh, what anybody in the Biden administration would say if I said, "Do you want Donald Trump?" To have control of the disinformation governance board. Well, let me let me ask you a simple question. Maybe Matt can opine in. Why does every group of these idiots, not not individual idiots, but collective idiots, why don't they ever see two years ahead? If if the Republicans want to get rid of the whatever the Senate vote for when they're in power for for the Supreme Court, don't they realize that a year from now they won't be in power or two years and and you just give it to the other side. Why are they that ignorant, Kevin? I don't know. I don't know. It was the question. I go back way to you know um, George Bush, the uh, uh, George the, the Younger, and the Patriot Act, 
and that was back in the days when Hillary Clinton was inevitable. Yeah. And I kept thinking, do you really want to turn this over to Hillary Clinton? Yeah, I... Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it cuts all directions, and I don't think, you know, so even if we were to grant people the best of intentions and our trust... Are you willing to willing to trust the next guy, the I, one after that, the I, person after that? You know, it, it's it's craziness. It's it, I, I, it, it's so stupid. I can't believe they're doing it. Well, the the neocons, the original ones with Bush one, tried to really expand the power of the presidency, and the pushback they got was from Bush. He goes, "No, that's that's not that's not what I'm supposed to do." You know, when, he, when they wanted to. Uh, Iraq, they didn't want any kind, any kind of... There wasn't really a declaration of war, but he at least went to Congress and got their permission, right? And they, they were all against him doing that. They said, no, no, you're just weakening the presidency. He goes, no, no, that's what I'm supposed to do. So there's, there's always this somewhat fight. And I read something, I don't know, way, way back when we first started doing the show. It was you or Carl or somebody sent it to me. It was an article by somebody that said one of the biggest... And he was just one of these constitutional experts, which, of course, whatever the hell that means. Uh, but evidently, if you really want to, you can go back and read, and uh, you know this is a job for Flanagan, maybe, because <laughs> uh, he loves doing this. Make stuff. him read. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, if you go back, you can actually. We have John to read, so the rest of us don't we have. We don't have. Is that to, what you're saying? Pretty much. Uh, the uh, but tell you what, he found all this stuff for me in the census in one day. Would have taken me a month to find. You know, and he loves doing it, and he's that good at it. Anyway, if you, if you want to go back, you can actually get, read most of the debates, most of the notes from the original Constitutional Convention. Where, the, where our Constitution came out from. And uh, one of the guys did this, and he, you know, I don't know how long it took him, or it was in handwritten, probably handwritten crap. Uh, he, he basically said one of the biggest weaknesses, even though we have this, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, the executive, you know, what do they, what do they call it, where one, one, oppose, one opposes the other? What's the, what's the word, the term for that, Kevin? Uh, uh, we got the legislative branch doing their thing, and they can all kind of lean on the other, so none of them can get out of control. A veto? Oh, uh, balance of power. Balance of power. They said the one, the one real screw up is the presidential piece, because they said over time the constitutional essentially allows the president to get way more power than the people originally intended. They said that the if you go through all the notes, they said, but the reason for that was they knew Washington was going to be the first president. And he would never take advantage of anything like that. And they thought all the other presidents were going to be Washington. And they haven't been. Very interesting. I'm out of it right or not. Right. <laughs> no, but, it, you know, but it's, it's, I don't know that it, I don't know that it's correct, but it's an interesting point of view. We, we expected our guy to be, our, we, we expect Trump to be Washington. That ain't happening. <laughs> or yeah. by, or well, and, and, and we expect Biden to be Washington at least when he's awake, so. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think that's, cause I don't think he knows what's going on around him. Well, yeah, you know. So, so really, you know, it, 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 I think executive power. One of the one of the great ways to deal with executive power would be the way many state legislatures have, um, and that is, uh, you know, as, as it pertains to state of emergency. And you know, what did we learn? Uh, well, some governors can just keep renewing their states of emergencies, and. Um, uh, and, and exercise them forever, and they've done that for better than two years. And in other cases, uh, after a certain number of days, like here in Michigan, and the, the governor tried to uh, continue it, but got slapped down by the court twice uh, before she had to relent. But nevertheless, 
they, you know, she, you you can there's there is a need for a governor to be able to declare a state of emergency, just like there are sometimes a needs for um, presidents to issue executive orders. Uh, but ultimately, executive orders need to have a very short-term expiration on them so that there is time to take it to Congress and implement it completely. And if you don't like it, tough luck, you know. Uh, come up with executive orders and, and ideas that you can get bipartisan support to uh, to implement. Um, and that's that's the way it should work to me. So I, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, executive powers in, in because there are there are emergency things, there are things that need to be addressed immediately. We don't have time to uh, screw around with Congress, but we don't. But but uh, you know, how long do we have to live with these orders? Is another question, and I would say we don't. Well, it appears we we as of now it appears we do. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 we've just moved that way step by step by step, and it's just not appropriate. And when the next president's Republican, the first day. He's going to be taking out Biden's executive orders and throwing uh, half of them in the trash bin and, and signing 50 new ones. And, and that is not the way to start an administration every time, I don't think. That's just me. I think you with me on that. Let's see if you're down 38 and as if he's down 157. We come back. We're going to uh, talk about these Yahoo earnings because I think they're very, very appropriate, especially since we had the, the number to GDP down 1.4% yesterday, which was a shocker. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right there, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Almas, Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures now down 4150, NASDAQ down 170 after a huge rally yesterday to get us back up on the week that everybody was very happy about, uh, including me, because that was pretty darn long for my people yesterday, and we adjusted a little bit. We're still kind of long this morning, so if we didn't know this was going to happen, we would have made some some moves, but uh, uh, again, uh, yesterday was a really good day, but, but this is, uh, Amazon's down 274, it's 9.5%, that's a real number, but to be fair, Honeywell's up 359, it's 1.9%, they had good earnings, we've got Apple is down 374, 2.2%, uh, 2. but that was pretty much what they were up yesterday, so not as bad in Apple, but we're going to go over the Amazon stuff. I think that has more to do with the the, the real economy. Well, Apple does too, but what's going on in, in, in the trenches than maybe Apple. A Dow's down 137. Again, individual stocks in the Dow. We've got Honeywell up 359. It's holding it up. We've got Goldman Sachs down 240. We've got Apple down 374. We've got uh, uh, rest of them, nothing that much. Nike down a buck, a buck five. We've got uh, 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 Visa down 238. Uh, so anyway, over in Asia, anyway, over in Asia, we have a big, big shoot up in uh, Hang Seng as the, uh, they think now that they're going to get more policy support out of their government. I, I wouldn't want to be a Hang Seng trader this year. Boy, one day up, one day down. Nikkei up 461, 1.7%. Shanghai up 71, 24 Hang Seng up 813, 4%. On Monday, I'll dig up the chart. I still think Hang Seng's in the sewer, but it's up not as far down in the sewer as it was. Uh, yesterday, that was up 614, big day, 1.8%. S&P up 103, 2.5, so we're down roughly 40% of that. Uh, so still, that NASDAQ down 382, where it was 3%, and we're down 1.3% now. So again, not, not horrible compared to yesterday, but still not what you want to see. Uh, Renew Europe, the DAX up 97.7%, FTSE up 4, call that flat. CAC around up 22.3%. Uh, bonds, unchanged at 2.87. The Bund, uh, this is about the highest we've seen this, 0.92. Uh, it's up two basis points. Japan, they're actually down 0.21. The Japan Central Bank not going with the rest of these central banks is what's causing this huge dollar fluctuation up and down all over the place. So that's that's what's driving the price of gold and a lot of this other stuff. Uh, oil, up a buck one to 106.37, so it's brief. Uh, sneak below 100, didn't last very long. Ran up a dollar 96, 109.55. Natural gas down six cents, 
681, it was 719 yesterday. So that's, you know, we're talking about 4% moves in this natural gas by the day. I've, I've never seen that except, you know, during like a Gulf War or something. Our Bob up one cent to 352. We've got gold up 26 bucks, 1917 back over 1900 with a vengeance, at least for a little while. Silver up 38 cents, 23.57, but way down from the 26 and a half it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, copper up four cents at 4.54, and we've got crypto on 1200 bucks to uh, Bitcoin to 38,741. A lot of stuff there, Matt. What do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Good the draft. Morning. Kevin's going to help us out with that too. Yeah, big draft, big draft in the NFL. Big draft, uh, no bear draft. <laughs> no bear draft yet. Uh, couldn't find, find, find anything for the Cardinals as well, but yeah. Uh, 6.37 a.m., uh, April 29th, 2022. Let's get you into that sports real quick. NFL draft starts up. First pick goes to uh, Trayvon Walker to the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars. Uh, and after that, uh, uh, we saw Green Bay picking up Quay Walker from Georgia and Devontae Wyatt, also from Georgia. Uh, also, uh, Vikings draft Lewis Sin of Georgia. Once again, Georgia is very popular. Uh, and uh, NBA playoffs, Suns beat Pelicans 115-109. to Raptors lose to 76ers, 132-97. Mavericks take out Utah, close game of 98-96. In baseball, Cubs taking a beating against Atlanta, 1-5. Sox lose to Kansas City, 2-5. And Diamondbacks lose to Cardinals, 8-3. Not great. Not a great season for baseball. If I, uh, if I had to bet the, uh, the over on the 92 wins for the Sox, I'd be wobbling right about now. <laughs> it's not a good bet. Not a good bet. Uh, weather in Chicago, currently cloudy, 45 degrees, a high of 64, and a low of 45. In Phoenix, clear skies, 66 degrees, high of 90, and a low of 62. Now into traffic in Chicago. Uh, slow down east, eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wolf Road and Des Plaines. Slow down northbound in Stevenson between South Central and South Kedzie. Uh, uh, traffic eastbound in Kennedy between, uh, after, Cumberland, after Cumberland, actually, uh, and Lawrence. And there is very heavy traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between 51st Street all the way to downtown. So we got Chief back to you. So Kevin, uh, give us a, a brief synopsis on the uh, <clears throat> draft, and then let's talk about Amazon. Well, let me see. The Bears didn't pick. What more do you need to know? <laughs> well, it's a lot of actually. Uh, um, you know, there, there there was some mildly interesting stuff. Um, if I were to look at. Uh, I, I do have the draft tracker up here, and if I were to pull up uh, quarterbacks, because none, the, or none, right? Kind of, kind of the interesting way to look at it, um, and then, uh, and then the draft status is drafted. There is one a guy named Kenny Pickett from uh, 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 the University of Pittsburgh, um, who uh, who went uh, late to the, well, went to the Steelers. So. And the Steelers need a quarterback because they're just retired. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works out for him. But he wasn't that, you know, he was pretty highly related, uh, rated, but not that highly uh, rated. Not, not the, not in the sure thing category. So if, if you were to look at, uh, where the Bears come in, um, as, as Bears fans, which we do, um, they, uh, they have, uh, two picks in round two. They get to pick, uh, seventh. And uh, they get to pick 16th. And there are a number of players at, at their positions of greatest need who might fit in there. So we'll see what they do. Well, I was uh, I went through it last night briefly, figuring I have you go through it better. Uh, the uh, n- virtually no quarterbacks, virtually all o- uh, defensive linemen, the guys that were standouts, a lot of o, o- tackles, uh, wide receivers high, and defensive backs. 
not really many linebackers either. No, not a lot. But and I don't see any what that means is that some of the better linebackers in the draft. That doesn't mean that they're, you know, that they may not be first round worthy. But when you start to look at them in the uh, in the second round, um, let's see, let's let's pull up that position. Uh, you know, we, we should see a bunch of them start to fall in the second round because uh, you see linebackers. Do they have? Inside, outside, no. They just they just put linebackers on here, and if we say uh, status is undrafted, uh, all of a sudden you're gonna. There's another one from Georgia who isn't drafted, has a very uh, high rating, uh, named Nicobe Dean. Uh, so he's pretty high. Then you fall off, but you get a guy from Alabama and a guy from LSU and another guy from Georgia. Is it any wonder Georgia won the national championship? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and then you, you, you know, Wyoming, OK State. So if the Bears want to draft a linebacker, uh, with their first pick in the second round, they probably will have a shot at a pretty good one. Um, they, uh, they also need, uh, corners. Um, so, uh, if they wanted to draft a corner, they probably, eh, you know, there'll, there'll be some guys there that might fall to their second pick in the round. And if you look at wide receivers, um, you know, there's some guys that are going to be there for them, but they aren't that. So you're saying they have ten needs? But, you know, there's there's one from Georgia. As long as you could jump on the Georgia bandwagon here, they have ten needs and two picks. Well, that's today. You know, they, they'll stock up on more. And uh, you know, I, I I do believe that in the free agent market, especially after the draft, you can get good players. You don't go get the great players, but I, I think you know it's it's a reasonable strategy to go out and sign people who are. You know, solid, you know, solid veteran players who you know you can put in there and they won't suck. Well, there's two uh, and, things that and, you know, what Lou was kind of getting at the, uh, um, yesterday. Uh, you know, one of the, the, the first thing you have to do as a, as a um, general manager as you put together a football team is you can't suck at any position. If you do, the other team's going to find it and beat you there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to be at least solid. And, uh, and then, um, you know, once, once you get competent, then you can start worrying about, you know, where your stars are. But, uh, um, you know, it, the, the part of the Bears problem, especially on the offensive line, is that they haven't even had competent for, for as long as I can remember at some position. Every single time. You know, they always have the one or two guys that are just terrible weak, weak links. And, uh, and as a result, their quarterbacks wind up looking at the sky an awful lot. Well, you have, uh, um, in our in our in our getting long lifetime, uh, Kevin, my my uncle told me this years ago. God bless, he's been dead for God knows how long. He said, the Bears have never felt. He goes, they've never once lost a star. They paid uh, George Conner an incredible amount of money for a lineman. The country was stunned when they did. They they paid Red Grange, although they had to go barnstorming. Red Grange basically had to make his own money to get paid. Uh, all that kind of stuff. He's but they never. They always thought the rest of the people were basically were bags of balls. So like, evidently, NFL used to be 12 games, then they went to 14, then they went to 16, now they're at 17. He goes, they're always going to be behind the times because they don't realize that the more games you play, the more important the last guy on the roster is. And the Bears just do not think that way and never will think that way. Where the Patriots clearly do, and other teams clearly do, and those are the teams that are there every year. They're so concerned about upgrading the last spot on the roster, the second to last spot, because they realize in 17 games this guy's going to play 
forty percent of the of the plays. Or, or, yeah, it's a war of attrition. And, yeah. You know, the, the, those guys take such a beating, and now you want them to, you know, you want to take them a uh, seventeen week beating. Uh, you know, guys are going to have to sit out, if, and and people are going to get injured, uh, and they're going to have to be replaced, and you need to be able to replace them with competence. You, right. you know, you're, you're not going to replace a star with a star because the, you know, your stars are all on the field in the first place. All right, I'm uh, um, let's uh, shift gears. As Paul Harvey used to say, page two. Page uh, two. Yeah, let's uh, get there. The uh, is the, Am- or the Amazon. This, I'm reading this from Alexandra Semenova. She's a reporter for Yahoo Finance. Yahoo Finance still has sounds really like good. Russian disinformation to me. Uh, I'll tell you what, she's hot though. Oh, okay. Saying. Just saying, uh. <laughs> isn't, isn't every spy hot? <laughs> no, absolutely. What? How could you have an ugly spy? For God's sake! The uh, <laughs> remember, well, remember that? Talk about a movie that was dark, but you need to watch at least once. Richard Burton, a spy who came in from the cold. God, was it a dark movie or what? Oh gosh, I don't think I've seen that for thirty years. Well, you only want to watch it yeah, once. Yeah, great movie. It, but it's just it's just hard to watch. I mean, it's, I mean, if the, you know, can I come in now? No, you got to be out there another year or two. Oh man, I don't like. It. <laughs> oh god, it was awful. But anyway, shares of Amazon uh, the review here are down two seventy six. That's nine point six percent. They essentially uh, they reveal the forecast that missed spending. Now, mind you, we've had nothing but listening to people and in financial news about how great the economy is. I suspected that was absolutely not true. And sure enough, yesterday we came out with a one minus one point four GDP number, which which kind of rattled the cages a little bit. But then again, since we also the stock market lives in this Fed money in, Fed money out world, they almost don't care about that. So when that number comes out, it means the Fed probably will back off and maybe not be a half a percent, be a quarter percent, and keep the, the, the fruit bowl going here for a little longer so the market rallies way up. You can absolutely sort of chart these things. Not in, in advance because you don't know the news, but in, in, in arrears for sure. So now Amazon comes out yesterday. Now, just I'm going I'm to act like I'm a professor in the front of class. When you have inflation that is greater than people's uh, increase in earning power, okay, you, 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 everybody in the world is not like you in some ways, but in a lot of ways they they are. So if all of a sudden you get a hundred dollar raise this year, and inflation is four hundred dollars. Something somewhere has to give. Either you bought a bunch of furniture five years ago, and you're paying it off five hundred a month on your credit card. You're going to say, "Well, we better cut back to four fifty a month, paying it off." Or we're only going to go out to the saloon three nights a week instead of two. Or we're going to we're not going to have Hulu and all the other ones. We're going to stick with one thing. Or I'm cutting back on the HBO. You know, someplace somewhere. That hundred or two hundred dollars comes out of someplace, right, Kevin? And then the question is finding the companies where it's going to pull out of. Now, right now, it's finding the companies that seem to have pricing power and that people really need. Well, Procter and Gamble makes you know toilet paper and other stuff. Yeah, guess what? They're doing well because they raise the price. And the CEO will just tell you I, we can always raise prices more than the other stuff because people need our stuff. Home Depot seems to be doing okay, but no, Amazon. They're talking here. But I, I have a specific question, Kevin, and I don't know the answer to them. I'm jumping you on this one. How did these guys take a $7 billion hit with an investment in Rivian Motors? Did they ever, did they ever give Rivian $7 million? Was, was their basis there that much? How could, how could no, they... I, have, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I'd love to be able to give you a good answer, but I don't know the situation. Yeah, no, I don't well, either. I mean, and, they, and Ford did the same thing. They said they, they're down $4 billion. When did Ford write anybody a $4 billion check? I mean, I, maybe they did. I just, how could I miss that? Uh, okay, but here's, 
Yeah, it seems like it would have been in the news. Yeah. Well, here's here's Amazon revenue is 116.4 billion versus 116.43 expected. Okay. Uh, but now, but the re- but the real story is their revenue for the first time. Uh, the figure marks a revenue increase of seven percent compared to forty four percent in the same period last year. So, okay, if you if you're doing the math here. If Amazon's revenue is up seven percent, and by by anybody's stretch, your inflation number is between this year and last year is somewhere between eight percent and sixteen. You know, mine's fifteen point six. Okay, so a revenue increase of seven percent means the revenue went up less than the price increases on average. So what does that mean, Kevin? It means that they they, they ship less crap, right? You going? So, and so that matches, fine. but it matches up with the GDP number, doesn't it? It does. Imagine that. So, uh, so they reported a net loss of three point eight billion uh, in the first quarter, seven fifty six a share. So you got a stock that's trading twenty six hundred bucks, and they're losing money. That's not good. All right. So now, well, it's certainly not sustainable. No. No. So, so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna buy the earnings dip here, or? <laughs> Well, I mean, gonna, I think at some point you're gonna you're gonna run for the hills. But now we're talking this morning. I just I did the math, and they've got uh, roughly 500 million shares outstanding. I think so. You know, what's what's 500 million times uh, 280? I'd say, Kevin, it's 140 billion dollars taken out of a market cap today. So it's 140 billion dollars on on in people's you know Amazon. I'm going to guess since it's so high priced. Is probably at least fifty percent institutionally owned, but then again, people own those ETFs. They own those mutual funds, right? It's not like nobody owns them, but some way, someplace, somewhere, hundred forty million dollars is coming out of the wealth of, of people's statements this morning. They just are. You can't. You can't. I mean, it, it, there's no other way to slice it, right? Either it's either it's a little piece of the uh, QQQ, it's a little piece of the spider, it's a little piece of something, or if you got a thousand shares of. Uh, Amazon, it's you know, thousand times two eighty in your account. I mean, the the the, the nicks here keep coming. Um, they will charge uh, now. Now they're talking about they're now going to start charging sellers a five percent fuel and inflation sur- surcharge for the first time in history, beginning April twenty eighth. So they're they're having to raise prices to get at it now. Uh, if there becomes a surcharge on delivery, does that mean maybe you know I'm not comparing the two, but maybe. If I'm going to Walmart anyway, I'll do some stuff online at Walmart, and while I'm there, I'll just pick my stuff up, and I don't want to pay as charge for delivery. I mean, wherever it is, Kevin, every single person. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll use the union that was. Uh, oh, and, and and that's that's where uh, you know if Walmart is smart, they're going to seize the moment on this and and really push hard for that kind of a shopping model because um, because even though. Amazon now has a footprint at a lot of places. They don't have nearly the footprint uh, of physical store space that Walmart has. And so, yeah, Walmart would do really, really well to encourage people to shop online uh, for ev- everything that you don't need to select. You know, it, it take, take it as a, a grocery trip, for instance. Well, you know, soup, cereal, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, have that ready and waiting for you. And then... If you want to choose your own produce, you want to choose your own, uh, you know, your own meats and things like that, then you go 
in, you go to that section, you do it, and you uh, meet up with your uh, um, meet up with your uh, um, basket of groceries at the checkout counter, and you go home. I mean, this you know, I, I've been thinking this is going to be the shopping model anyway for a lot of people, and I think there is a big moment for Walmart here, um, and maybe Target and some of the others that uh, you know that have really been pushing hard into their uh, online shopping. Uh, and and we'll see if this is um, kind of the magic moment for Amazon, where they finally get somebody who can challenge them. Well, I just I just hope that. Uh, so if you look at what, what I'm saying is, if you look at it strategically, that's kind of an interesting way of thinking about it because um, because you know we've always we've we've assumed for quite some time now that Amazon's the big dog and can't be touched. Well, the, I mean, if you if you look at it, I don't. Uh, I used to go through the numbers on this stuff, Kevin. When I was at Pullman, I was pretty good at it. Now, if I had to do it, I'd probably have to relearn everything. But it is it is incredibly inefficient to have somebody deliver deliver you like a bottle of ketchup, right, in a, in a truck with a guy, or or to, or to deliver you uh, deliver to your house two yeah. times or three times in the same day. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it, which which Amazon will do. And, it, and it's and it's but amazingly. It's not, it, it's not that inefficient when they're also delivering six other packages in the neighborhood. Um, less less inefficient, but still. And I uh, I was gonna. Well, last week I dug up some stuff, and uh, I probably I probably sent it to you, and it's in my sent my sent to Kevin uh, column. But the uh, the amount of online shopping is isn't it something like twenty or twenty five percent of the stuff's returned. I don't it's think a, that it's, high, but I know it's, it's substantial. Eight, seventeen, eight. It's it's way higher. Let's say it's seventeen. It's way higher than stuff that's brought back from a from a regular store that you pick. I mean, I think that that number is like between well, five it, and eight. I, I, I think historically that is true. What I don't know is how much the pandemic has affected that phenomenon because uh, a lot of stores wouldn't let you try things on in the store anyway. They closed up their uh, their try-on places. So, yeah, if you go in and you want to see, you want to look, you want, you know, all of, all of that, but then when it comes to things like clothing that are routinely returned with Amazon, uh, then, uh, um, you know, all of a sudden the uh, disadvantage that they had uh, went away. Now, the other thing that Amazon has done that has made returns a lot easier and a little and, and a lot more efficient is that uh, now that they do have a footprint, you know, for instance, that there's a, at, at Whole Foods, if I buy something from Amazon and I want to return it, uh, all I have to do is go into the system, put in return, get the uh, return, um, I don't know, the barcode thing for returning, and drop it off at Whole Foods. So what they're doing is they're, they're trying to make it uh, somewhat easier to return things, but also cheaper for them because it all goes into a big bin, and I God, God only knows what they do with it. Um, I, I sort of imagine that there's a whole lot of things that get returned to them where they just say, screw it. Uh, that was also back. part of this article that I can't find, is that a, a, a huge percentage of stuff that comes back, you, you just don't put it out on the, on, I was going to say put it out on the rack again. You can't. Right, you don't, you're not running Filene's bargain basement here. Yeah, um, but I, I, just, I can't. You know, I just—I don't know why, Kevin. I've been strident about this. I can't emphasize enough that the people on TV or on the radio that are looking for a six percent raise in their union contract—if they get it—and the inflation's twelve percent this year, 
someplace, somewhere, they're cutting back 6% on something just to get to the same place. And I, I don't, I don't think that our, our elected officials who always seem to be getting their check from the government don't seem to ever understand this. I don't think they get it yet, do you? No, I don't think they have a clue. And why, why, I don't understand. I mean, I, I, I think the people, uh, we had the mayor of Orland on a couple of weeks ago and he's running for the house. I think that the, uh, the people who are elected every year to the people's house, and the idea of having to, to get money uh, every two years to run is probably inefficient. But I think it's virtually impossible for somebody to run a campaign. I mean, this is America. For somebody to run a campaign and not hear these issues. And the idea is that the House is always supposed to be on top of the current things happening to people in their district, and that's why you want elections every two years. I think that out of all the stuff in government that's probably not working, Kevin, I think that that's. I mean, I, I would I would think that if if I was people running for the House this year, and we're not talking about you know Pelosi, God, you know, or whoever the Republican guy have to be. If you or I were either wherever I decided the hour, the middle of the hour, where the hell we are, if if we if we get there after all these people out talking to people in their district, if the first thing we do next January when the when the whatever Congress is in, if we don't call for the resignation of the Federal Reserve, something is wrong with us. Something is wrong with us, and 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 it's not the Federal Reserve their fault necessarily. I guess it's Congress's fault for forcing the Federal Reserve to finance the stuff that they don't want to finance themselves. So between the two of them, the symbiotic relation, or at least tell people they're not independent. Who's kidding who? I mean, well, I, it, I, I, you know what? It might really help because yeah, you can't run a campaign without talking to people like that. Um, so, but that doesn't—that's not the same as living it. And I. You know, if, if ever there is a case for a work-at-home uh, operation, it would be Congress. Don't let them all c- spend all of their time in Washington together. You know, maybe you can convene in Washington for, you know, several months out of the year because there is a lot of value to uh, um, collaboration in person. I'm in favor of it. You know, I, 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 I like going to Indianapolis and meeting with my fellow wizards from the other 19 campuses around the state. But... Uh, the the uh, the idea that all of these people just live full time in Washington it's such a bubble that they can't relate to normal the way normal people live. I, th- I think uh, the people who and and I, I think if you forced Congress uh, people to live in their districts most of the time and to actually try to cope as normal human beings where they live, we'd get a lot better le- uh, a much better legislation. Well, let me uh, let me uh, rephrase. Because again, as you explain something, I, I think I'm, I, I see where I'm wrong on the. Let's put it this way: the, and then the guy, from, the guy Kevin, uh, Keith Peacow, uh said, if you were to take a, uh, the group of the 50 new congressmen and put them in a room where all they've been doing is talking to people because they haven't been in Washington yet, I guarantee you, every one of those people would vote to have these guys out of office. Yeah, I think you're right. And you're saying it gets so symbiotic after a while when nobody even runs against you that. You, you lose the people's house thing, I and mean, you're probably right. But is Danny yeah, plus, plus they, they just don't—they don't live like you and I do. Well, well, Danny, well, Danny Davis doesn't have anybody running against him. I don't think. I mean, I don't think anybody—somebody ran against uh, or is running against uh, what's his name on Northside Quigley, but they also ran. 
Anyway, we got a dash. We get, we get the car. SP futures down 41. NASDAQ futures down 180. Different day than yesterday for sure. We'll see how far they go. Right now we're only about 40% of what we made yesterday, so still uh, even for the week, I think. I'll check that. Be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me, Miles Davis. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. There's something happening here. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamal. Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. Um, are we talking peeing in your bathing suit in the lake or someplace other than that? Could be anywhere you want, you know. I guess. Well, that's yeah, uh, <laughs> not good in any, in, in any case. God. Do we have Mr. Carl? You do. Um, Carl, I don't know if you were uh, listening, uh, but I, and I, of course I did it somewhat clumsily, so I will ask your help. I have not seen a more uh, a report Again, I'm going to give this lady some kudos. Uh, what the hell's her name? Uh, I will find it. Uh, I think I'll find it. Uh, Alexandra Semenova, reporter for Yahoo, they wrote this article on Amazon in their earnings. I have not, I don't think I've ever seen lately something that walks down essentially in numbers of one company's history over the last quarter that matches up exactly with the shocking GDP number. Have you? Well, it's not surprising. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, it, sh- it shouldn't be surprising, but it, 
<laughs> sort of is that something actually matches up, I guess is what I'm... Well, you know, I'll tell you what's interesting about that report, is that for the last couple of months, I've been talking about the March data, which is the the uh, consumer retail sales report comes out every month. And uh, it's been showing the softness. And it's in, it's a break of a pattern that has has now been essentially an unbroken record for the last uh, 15, 20 years, which is that non-store retailers, which, let's face it, Amazon is the biggest, and therefore they're the largest component in that particular category, uh, has always gone one direction, from the lower left to the upper right. And, and in the last few months, it's not been true. Well, our uh, our professor, uh, I don't know if you listened in on Tuesday, we had Professor uh, Hal Snarf um, from Westminster, and uh, and he was talking about his family. He's a college professor, and he does pretty well. His wife's, I think, an attorney. But they've got four kids. they got the triplets. And he was talking about how inflation in Utah is at least 10%, and his salary has not gone up 10% this year, and how they have specifically cut two or three, three things out a week. You know, he used to go to McDonald's four times, now he goes three. Whatever it is, he goes, every single family is doing the same thing because nobody can keep up. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the, the you know, and, and the merchants are all trying to find, quote-unquote, creative ways to hide the sausage, and guess where they're hiding it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, yeah. So... I was just at a concert a couple of days ago, and of course that means staying in hotels when you're traveling, right? So the latest undisclosed little scam that the hospitality industry has imposed on people is they're sticking energy surcharges on the on the ticket, and it's not disclosed when you book the room. Really? Yeah, I had a three dollar energy surcharge on the on the hotel stay. Well, I, I mean, okay, it's three bucks, but. That's not the point. Okay, the point is nowhere at the time of booking the hotel was that in the price. Right now, taxes. I understand. All right? They never. They never. By the way, the whole reason that the tourism development people and the bed tax people get away with what they get away with, which is a flat out screwing of anybody that is a tourist. Okay. The whole reason they get away with that is because we do not, as a nation, have a attorney general anywhere in any state in the United States that says, if you post a price and it is not a complete price, with the exception of sales tax, you go to prison. Well, actually, Carl, when you were in Chicago, I'll bet that... Uh you were you were around when you when you saw the, the the price for gasoline up on the board back when you have to get up the ladder and do it it would yeah. be the, it would be the price before tax and finally people right, said but, around, not, but not anymore now it's it's the complete price because people are going hey the guy who's putting ten percent on that it's got a problem with his calculator it looks like more like twelve or thirteen to me so now they said okay look you got to put the final price up there so whatever so I mean I mean it took a long time. Uh, well, but it, but see, it never happens, and so th- this is this is where you know. Just I mean, we are, anybody who travels knows this, all right? And so you're you're used to it, and that's probably why you don't get enough pushback that the you know from, on the politicians that 
somebody forces this to stop. But you go, you know, you go into a hotel, you check in a hotel, and there's three or four tax lines on your on your ticket when you get it at the end of the stay, right? There's there's the regular sales tax, which yeah, everybody expects to pay because that's on everything or whatever you buy in a particular jurisdiction, except in some cases for food and things like that. Um, but then there's the bed tax, there's the this tax, there's the hospitality tax, there's the TDC tax. I mean, Florida, you know, this is one of the things that I think is so so just ridiculously funny is all these people talking about this this special tax this special tax district basically what it is you know Reedy you know the Reedy Creek improvement thing in Florida uh, the the nine hundred pound grill in the room on that isn't although you think it would be the ad valorem property taxes the nine hundred pound grill in that is that the bed tax and the tourism development tax which are both charged on hotel rooms now it's going to go to Orange and Osceola counties. Okay, well that's cool. <laughs> it's, it's so well, cool. And, and it's a lot. Yeah. Okay, I mean, you know, you take a look at the average hotel. You know, let's let's just say for the point of just for the point of discussion, you pay a hundred bucks a night for a hotel. Um, no, you pay about one hundred twenty because there's you know there's the eight or nine or you know whatever your percentage sales tax is, and then there's typically approximately another double of that. In between the tourism development tax and and the bed tax, between those two, in most places, you end up paying a, a approximately twenty percent tax rate on rentals in a hotel. Yeah, but don't, doesn't that most of that's got to go to the state, not the county? Oh, oh, you you really think so? Um, gee, uh, when I lived in Florida, we had a couple of guys that were on the tourism development board, which was a county thing, and they went to jail because they got caught screwing around. But I mean, here in Illinois, they, I mean, I, I, the, the gas tax is like eleven cents for the state, and like one cent for yeah, the well, city. Yeah, ga- gasoline is a different thing because that's uh, that's typically a a state excise tax, and supposedly it goes to roads, and you know. Well, they got a, we're like one percent county and city for allegedly goes to the RTA and that kind of stuff allegedly. Right, and so but that's but that's the thing is you know everybody gets sticks their fingers in the pie, right? And and but the reason that this kind of gouging goes on in the in the hotel industry, um, and it's not the hotel guy that's doing it. Generally, it's the you know it's the local county and the, and the tourism development guys. But the reason they do this is because. There is not a single attorney general anywhere in the United States that has turned around and has said that is an unlawful and deceptive practice to not have when I, when I go on their webpage for you know for Hilton or whatever and I go to book a room. The only thing that you can add to that is the actual sales tax. Every other tax and fee has to be part of the price you display, and if it's not, you're going to go to prison. Okay, but but when you uh, you're as usual, you are. Very succinct and direct and, and, and accurate, but but back up a hair, Mister Carl. It's all about <clears throat> charging somebody outside the state way 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 a lot of money for your state. I mean, that's well, what it you, is. you know what you're right. And and the thing is, is that I I don't know that I necessarily have such a huge problem with that on the basic level. And the reason is this: if you look at any tourism heavy county, I don't care where it is. And and you take a look at 
where the what the funding is for the police department for the sheriffs okay you will find that 50% or better of all the the call the surface calls and therefore the the reason to need the sheriff's department in the first place yeah. <laughs> is coming from people who do not live in the district okay car accidents domestic violence this guy's drunk at three o'clock in the morning running around naked on the sidewalk okay you know that sort of stuff and and all of this is i mean this is the reality of it and when you look at where their funding comes from it is not uncommon in tourism heavy areas for the sheriff's department to be over a hundred percent of the ad valorem collections in terms of their spend or, or they're going to give they're going to get money from the tickets they give and most of those are from people out of the place well, but, I, but I'm saying net-net, when you look at the budget, when you look at the county budgets, okay, Okaloosa County, the Sheriff's Department actually consumed more than the personal ad valorem taxes on property. Well, well you've got to get the money from somewhere, and yet when you look at the call split, the majority of the calls were from people and for events that were not from the residents. They're from the tourists. Well, guess what? If you impose that cost on the local economy, by God, you ought to pay for it. Well, I, I don't disagree. I, when I, I remember, uh, it got so absurd, Carl. I went to uh, Arizona with a couple of my buddies and I. We went out there. Uh, I don't know why the hell we went in the summertime, but we did. We, I guess we didn't think it was it was going to be uh, all that hot. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it was. Because <laughs> this is back when I was, I was in really good shape. We used to play a lot of handball, right? Well, they actually have I was going to say you 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 didn't know, you missed the sign that said this is where hell is located. Oh God! And we first thing we did <laughs> well first we we rent this car and we drove it about two miles and we saw a rental car the same place and we turned it in and said we can't we can't have a car with a black interior this is this is brutal and uh, right so anyway we're, we we got to they have outdoor handball courts I don't know if people are not familiar with the the topography in, in uh, Arizona I mean when the rain when it rains out there. The soil is not like in Chicago. The water just runs, right? So yeah, yeah, it doesn't soak in. Right. So they actually have these big wash areas that the couple times a year you need them. The rest of the time, there's bike trails, there's baseball fields, there's handball courts. They had outdoor handball courts. God's sake, we try to play handball out, outside at about eight in the morning. I mean, if you didn't get there at seven by ten o'clock, you were you were a puddle in the middle of the thing. Anyway, but I remember this because we everybody else was smart enough. To essentially not go to Phoenix in, in August or whatever the hell we went. And, uh, <laughs> so we rent this car and I get this car. I mean, I'm, I, it's online. I called down there and I said, you know, give me a, we need a big car. We got three guys. And I get this, you know, pretty good sized car and I go, well, how much is it per day? And the guy goes, buddy, we don't even have enough spaces for these cars. Like there's nobody here. I'm going to give you this car for like nine bucks a day. And I'm going, Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Of course, I get the bill, and it's forty bucks a day, right? Right. Because <laughs> of all the taxes. Because of all the taxes. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're, under, under no no bare face, they weren't even hiding the fact. Hey, if we can get this money out of people who travel here, we don't have to tax our own people. Well, and you know what? And, and like I said, I don't I don't have an objection to it, provided it is fairly disclosed. And and you know it's like anything else. But uh, you look at what you know this thing that Amazon just did with their, what they're doing with the sellers, right? They're putting a five percent of what they're you know what they're calling a fuel surcharge on things. The, the problem with doing that is that 
that's an imputed cost. It's going to get passed on in pricing, and therefore it's you know it's going to show up in the price of products on the site. Fine, but the thing is, is that at least that fee is going to show up in the price when you go on Amazon and you look. Right. Because they're imposing it on the sellers. They're not they're not wisely, because maybe some enterprising DA would come after them for this, turning around and and trying to put in what amounts to a tax on your ticket when you go to check out. Okay? That's that's where I object to it is that these are these are essentially they treat them like they're a tax, the merchants, essentially, and yet they're not. A tax is, is a tax is a tax is a tax. And yet, you know, that sort of abuse within the municipalities and within the states, especially when it comes to tourism-related things, is legendary. And, and nobody has stomped on it. They should, but they don't. And obviously the reason they don't want to stomp on it is then I look at, okay, how badly does Tennessee screw people that come here to play around in the mountains versus how badly does Florida screw people that go to play on the beach, right? And now all of a sudden my decision process when I am looking at where do I want to go play with my you know with my family this summer, that's going to end up going into that process. Well, sure and the, the more they can hide that, the less likely it is that I'm going to figure it out before the fact and therefore put that into my decision. But they're going to hide it once. Well, they're going to do yeah, but the thing is, is they're going to try to hide it. And, you know, I mean, they, they do it with lesser or greater efficacy. I mean, eventually you obviously see it when you get the bill. <laughs> well, I mean, you, but you end up, our, our people, I mean, and again, I'm going to include you here for in a second on what you think before it comes out at 730, and it's minus 1.4 GDP. I mean, I'll explain the deflator and what you think it might be, but you look at, like, Illinois. I mean, we got the tri-state tollway, which, of course, is supposed to have been paid right. off in the 60s, right? And now the uh, yeah, well, yeah, so yeah. was the bridge in northwest Florida. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so now they have this thing where they got the easy pass tolling. And they got right. some, some guys sitting there taking taking cash. Well, now, even though COVID's gone, we're, we're, the guys aren't back. So I don't know what you do if you're paying cash. I guess you got to use a credit card or something. No, you know what happens is you get a you, – it shows up on their website, and there's a, there's a sign that's up there on the tollway. Basically, if you don't go and pay it within five days, it doubles. Okay. Well, what, 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 guess what I'm saying they is picture, they take a picture of your license plate. But this is a question for you on on several levels. If you raise the toll from, let's say it's a buck to a buck five, but you raise the cash price from a buck fifty to two fifty, right? Where is is that? If you and I were doing the CPI number, are we talking about a five percent increase in the quote toll? And the rest of it we ignore because it's a stupid tax. You could add your easy pass and you don't. Um, or that's just a, a tax from the, the, the dumb dumb from uh, Montana who's driving to New York and doesn't realize that you don't want to come anywhere near Chicago's toll road so you get fleeced when you come around the city. If that guy doesn't know that, and all of a sudden we get the guy for, you know, 15 bucks or whatever the hell it is or 20, we, we're laughing gleefully, but we really don't know that the guy really someday wanted to finish Chicago visit Chicago, but now drives around it using, you know, 39 and whatever, misses the tolls and will never come to Chicago in his life. I mean, we don't, you know, we, we don't we don't exactly know whether we're winning or losing here, because all we're doing is is the very short-term sort of thing. I mean, I could have been so pissed off about paying 30 bucks a day for my car that I ever went back to Phoenix. I mean, I didn't, 
but I mean, I could very well have. I mean, you never really well, know. Yeah, what, you know. But that's but that's real, and that's and and that's the thing. That's the externalities that nobody ever pays any attention to, but we really should within the economy. And and uh, you know, I mean, I, I I know about this screwing because uh, you know I, when I lived in Chicago, you still had the baskets. You threw your forty cents in as you went yeah. by, right? And then when they went to the electronic tolling, I'd already left. They're, they had it when I when I was there, but it, it was it was not other than three fifty five. It wasn't really all that common. Most people, you know, still threw the money, and and they were just starting to put those lanes in and make and and then get confiscatory and stupid about what they did to anybody that actually tried to pay cash. Well, I've been back through Chicago a few times since then, and you know what? I go around, which which means I don't spend any money in the city. Yeah, well. And I, and I do it on purpose because I'm not putting up with that garbage. I got a quick story for you about one of my goofy Irish friends. The guy, uh, he, he, he was a civil engineer in Marquette, right, as he was going. So he's, his, uh, he gets a job as a, you know, a flunky, basically. This is back when they were essentially building Schomburg, right? Yeah. So he, he's, he becomes a rod man on a surveying team. And, of course, the, the older guys couldn't wait to, like, say, you got to stand on that rod, the rod, and we need it in the middle of that pond or something. Right. <laughs> but he's driving from the south side up to way up wherever the hell Schomburg is. And that's when the, the tolls, I think, were 30 cents. Now, mind you, his company's going to pay him for the tolls. Right. But he, but he never pays a toll. He just blows through. So finally, finally, one day during his last week at, like, the last toll, he goes in and, uh, and the guy goes. Then this guy's flagging people down. And he, they pull him over. He's got this old beat up Volkswagen. <laughs> so, so of course he pulls like a hundred yards ahead of the guy and makes the guy walk hundred yards in cars to be just to be an idiot. So he says to me, "Officer, I don't know. I must have." Well, of course, in those days, there's nothing electronic. They actually had a window underneath the basket to where right. the, the guy's in the window looking. The guy goes, uh, "Subject in green Volkswagen." Put his arm out as if to put their throw to thirty cents. No change was collected. And I checked it twice, and he didn't throw anything in there. So my buddy says, "You got me. I'm what you call a flagrant violator." <laughs> He goes, I haven't paid a toll all summer. Throw me in jail, I get paid anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the guy says, I'm just giving you a ticket. Get the hell out of here. I don't want to see you again. He goes, take it off. He went. <laughs> I want you to call a flagrant violator. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's, it, it is what it is, right? Everybody tries to figure out their way around it. I just, I... I I find the GDP report when I when it came out yesterday it didn't surprise me at all. And here's the thing: everybody seems to think that uh, you know you have Biden, you have people in the administration, you have yellow. You want to talk about the the most outrageous example of crazy within the current administration in this regard? It's Yellen. Oh, I, I, uh, okay. I mean, you know, it, you you can look at Biden, you can say, okay, the guy, you know, he's. he's He's mentally gone. <laughs> There's no lights on up there, and so you could. And, and plenty of people do. I, I happen to think that that there's a lot more going on in terms of intent, you know, as opposed to a lot of people on the right that just think that this is, you know, just bumbling, dawdling idiot, and basically he's a figurehead. He's a face. You got to have a face in the in the office, and he's the face. Yeah, I don't. Believe, uh, I don't believe that at all. I, I think he's, he's way more. With it well, I, well, you know what? I, but the thing is, I really don't care, okay? Yeah. Because we don't elect presidents for their economic prowess. We never have, <laughs> and, and we we certainly didn't do it with Trump, and, and we're not, and we didn't do it this time either. 
So, uh, you know, I don't care on uh, from that perspective one way or another. But what I do know with absolute certainty is that Yellen knows exactly what yeah. the administration has done t- and that it has it, that it was entirely deliberate and she knew exactly what was going to happen when they did it. Well, I mean, <laughs> but Biden is a in his campaign and even before he managed he's older than me by a lot and he he managed to live through the same area the same time I did with the same sort of economic history written about it and he came up with a totally different conclusion he's he's convinced there wasn't monetary policy at all that we got got and he thinks right he actually thinks right now it appears to me that this war is the reason for inflation inflation's been here for 20 years war started well, six months uh, ago. you know what he, yeah there's plenty of there's plenty of crazy apologists who who you know everything was Jimmy Carter's fault. Okay, Nixon didn't have anything to do with it. Right? Uh, excuse me. Okay, who put the wage and price controls in? I mean, you know, come on, guys. I, I don't understand the the mentality that you see from some of these people in the political sphere when it comes to the, the you know the economic realities of things. And I and I've said for you know well since I've been writing my column and back when I was running my internet company that we we had. Up until the last couple of years, we had lived in a, in a truly extraordinary time because we had two things that had never happened before, and it probably can only happen once in in the history of you know of, of reasonable uh, time frames, and that is we we exploited wage and environmental parity tariff things that should have been done. We shifted production into places where there were literal slaves. Yeah. and figurative ones, as well as take it under the guise of greener living, we shoved our pollution somewhere else. We didn't actually stop polluting because that costs money. Instead, we threw it somewhere else and claimed that it, that it didn't cost anything, that we could clean up our rivers, we could clean up our power plants, we could clean up our, our chemical production, this and that and everything, and, and we could have lithium-powered car batteries out the wazoo, and we didn't have to dig up a half a million pounds worth of earth in order to get each one of them. And, and the whole reason that we made these claims is because we put them somewhere else where nobody saw it. And we started this with the textile industry in the United States, which is a... which. When you get down to it, taking taking cotton and raw fibers and making them into into actual clothing uh, is is a relatively labor intensive, nasty, and to a significant degree poisonous sort of business. And we used to do that in the United States. Well, that was one of the first things that got shipped overseas. Now everything is made Bangladesh or Vietnam or whatever have you. Yeah, we we shipped them the cotton. Makes all their shoes in China. Yeah, we shipped them the um, cotton, and then we we actually shipped them the cotton. They do the stuff, and then they ship it back. Well, yeah, and the reason that we do that is because that processing is, A, expensive, and B, labor-intensive, and and the products, the chemical products, get produced from doing it are pretty nasty. Is that just the and dyes so, and everything, or we're, we're, which part of the chemical process? By the way, before the, uh, we've got a couple of minutes here before break, uh, this GDP number, let me pile on this one because it's coming out in a, in a minute here, Carl, a couple of minutes. This GDP number, when they say... The real GDP is minus 1.4%. What they do is they take the total GDP, the nominal GDP of of, uh, all goods and services, and they figure out what what they think the inflation is, and they subtract one from the other. So that's that's the deflator, right? So the uh, they're going to come out with a deflator here at 7:30. Now, I'm going to say that this minus 1.4 is actually way worse than that, Carl, because they're going to give us a deflator number 
of like five. Which well, the, made, no, the number I saw embedded in the GDP report yesterday is that from a personal perspective, the the loss is three percent. So they're they're saying that deflator was only one point six. No, I'm saying that the, that the 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 loss, the total loss, was three. So so that so the deflator would would be about would be three net. So that makes the the actual number something like nine. Well, we're, yeah, we're, we'll say it, say it the other way. It's, it's, it's if if the amount of goods and services was up two percent from last year or last quarter. In and, gross, in, in gross, and, the, and you thought your inflation was three point six. That gets you down to minus one point four. Correct. 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 But the but the gross unadjusted, in, in, uh, you know, without without the deflator, in dollar terms. So the way I look at this is, you look at PCE, and and you look at GDP, and you and you take those two numbers and come up with the and you look at the difference. Right. And and the gross. Was like plus six or plus five eight or six or something like that in the in the GDP report yesterday. So they're saying their inflation number is eight that they're using. My guess is, I mean, if if the deflator does not come in somewhere around seven or eight percent, I'm gonna be surprised. Okay, well, you and I would probably say it should be more like ten. I, I'm stunned they're using seven or eight. I thought they'd be like at four and five and just lying the hell out of it. Yeah, my my guess is it's going to be around it's going to be around eight ish, and and that's just a spitball. Now there are all kinds of distortions in in these numbers, but just looking at this from the PCE and the and the gross uh, domestic product. Right, Carl, we got to go, we got to break. Uh, we'll pick it up after the number comes out. SP futures down thirty five. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
And I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tim Howe. Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down 39, NASDAQ Futures down 173. We've been right here most of the morning. A big mover, obviously, is Amazon. Now 295, it's over 10% now. Apple was down more earlier. It's only down two bucks now. It's only 1%, so it's not doing near as much of a damage as the Amazon is. Uh, and on the plus side, we got Honeywell up three bucks. It's taking the Dow. Dow's only down 82. Uh, but we've, and we got Robinhood getting clobbered. Uh, we got other stuff that's kind of moving a little bit. Uh, we've got, uh, over in Asia. I'm trying to get this PCE number here, but, uh, Asia, some big moves to the upside here is a, uh, Chinese stocks gain in hopes of more policy support. I, I love that. It's all the government. Back and forth, back and forth. Nikkei up 461, 1.7%. Shanghai up 71, 2.4%. But there's the big one. Hang Seng up 813, uh, plus 4%. But I don't even think that puts them up for the week. Um, I, I will check on that. Uh, yesterday, we had a huge rally here. Big, big day. Uh, Dow Jones, big, big day, like Ed Sullivan would say. Up 613, that's 1.9%. S&P up 103, that's 2.5. NASDAQ. Up 382, 3%. So this were, these are surprising numbers here today that we're backing off. I, I really thought we'd see some, uh, we'd see good numbers in a carry through, but not, not the case. At least not yet. DAX up 134, it's 1%. FTSE up 31.4%. CAC around up 50.8. These guys are catching up to a little us yesterday afternoon because we really didn't get a close. Uh, bonds, 2.8, 2.89 on a 10 year rate to Bund. Uh, positive 0.91. Again, that's the highest, uh, we've seen that in well, years and years. Uh, Japan up point, uh, positive 0.22. Again, we'll talk with Carl a little bit, but Japan's refusal to raise their rates has the dollar and the yen uh, spread going wild every day. It'd be an interesting one to trade. Uh, oil up a buck, 106.36. Brent up 190, 109.49. Natural gas up 4 cents, 6.93. Arbob unchanged at 3.51. We've got gold up 21.70 to 19.13. Big move there. Uh, but still, ways below the 2000 it was a couple weeks ago. Silver up uh, seven cents, 23.25, way below their high as well. Copper up three cents, 4.44, and we've got last but not least, Bitcoin down 1100 bucks at 38,912. What do you have for us, traffic weather sports? Yeah, good morning. Currently 7:35 a.m. on April 29th, 2022. Let's get you into sports real quick. The NFL draft starts up, uh, and with Green Bay picking Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. In the NBA playoffs, Suns beat Pelicans 115 to 109. Raptors lose to 76ers 132 to 97. Mavericks take out uh, take out take out Utah, a close game of 98 to 96. 
In baseball, Cubs taking a beating against Atlanta, 1-5. Sox lose to Kansas City, 2-5. Diamondbacks uh, lose to Cardinals, 8-3. Now for weather, uh, in Chicago, currently cloudy, 47 degrees, high of 64, and a low of 45. In Phoenix, clear skies, 65 degrees, a high of 90, and a low of 62. Now for traffic in Chicago, heavy traffic uh, eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wolf Road and Independence, slow down after Congress Parkway all the way to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Eisenhower between Austin and Des Plaines. Traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Harlem and Lawrence, and again at Irving Park all the way to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy between West Monroe's and North Nagel. Heavy traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between 59th Street all the way to downtown. Traffic northbound on Stevenson between Harlem Avenue and South Pulaski. And finally, heavy, heavy traffic northbound on Lakeshore between the Stevenson Ramp and East Jackson Drive. So I got, Chief. Back to you. Uh, so, Carl, I have uh, here. I got all kinds of questions for you today. So, I hope, hope you got your. You always do have your thinking cap on. Here's the numbers: PCE index of UF inflation jumps 0.9 percent in March, uh, rising only 0.3 percent at core. So, I don't know what they have for the first quarter, or what they use for their deflator. I bet it wasn't. I, oh, I got the deflator number. Okay, the deflator is uh, what? The deflator is eight percent. They use for the quarter. That's uh, well. That's that's uh, yeah. Quarterly percentage change from preceding quarter. Um, so they we actually had a positive six point six in the nominal GDP, and which subtract it down, you get to one point four. Well, here's the so the the employment cost index came out just a few minutes ago too. Okay, which and for once. For one second, I gotta give the government credit for a change. The, the BEA and, and the BLS and all these, you know, you got all these different entities within the government that put out economic numbers. And most of the time when you look at them, you scratch your head and you go, how'd this guy get this number and this guy get this number? It doesn't make any sense. It's the same data. <laughs> but for once, just before the break, I said that my, my guess is the deflator is going to come up right around eight. Okay. And that was looking at the headline GDP, the real GDP, and then the PCE number within the GDP release from yesterday. All right, so that's why that's why I got the eight percent, and if that was bang on. Um, but here's the bad news. Okay, so the, so the compensation cost, which is which is not seasonally adjusted, this is direct expense uh, over over the previous twelve months uh, is is up four point eight. So, and, and the interesting thing about this is that wages and salaries are five. So you have the squeeze coming on the benefit side. So employers are finding ways not to pay as much in benefits as they are in wages. And the, the problem here is that if I've got a, a uh, deflator of eight, and a wage increase of five, that means you're losing three. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, and that is exactly what I saw in the GDP report yesterday. That, that is exact, it is literally to the tick. I said, everybody's off three percent in real terms, in real spendable income terms. Now, how you can have that going on in the economy and not wind up with a recession? Well, guess what? You just saw it show up in the real economy in Amazon last night. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so there it is. Well, there's no. You're, you're getting there. You, you have a situation, uh, Carl. I mean, it, 
back back in the in the seventies and eighties when this came around last time, uh, two two things happened. If you if you had money, your your uh, risk free rate was always higher than the inflation by right. a little bit. And not anymore. Not anymore. And, and 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 a lot of people, at least near the end of it, had cost of living adjustments in their pays. Not everybody, because I didn't. I was I was a, a white collar guy, and uh, and we didn't have one, but the union guys did. Uh, but so whatever you think you're doing, I mean, if you're, if, uh, we'll use an inflation rate of ten because that's where I think it is. It's actually I think it's a lot higher, but let's say ten. It's in the middle of my estimates versus what they're telling us. And in the rate wages increases are five. You're losing five, and and if you have any money and you put it in the bank and you're getting, I'm not talking about putting it in, you know, X Y Z Turtle Eggs Company and having it double. Right. Hey, if you just would have been in there, you'd have been okay. Yeah, but that, that's not. We're talking about risk free rate for people who don't want to take risk and shouldn't have to. Uh, you put your money in the bank this year, put a million dollars in there. At the end of the year, you're going to have nine hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. And well, yeah, and and the thing is, is that. What everybody is, is, you know, loves to look at is they say, well, uh, you know, look, the, the Fed's never going to let the market come in. They're going to do whatever they have to. And, and that's where the rally came from yesterday. All right. And sure. oh, by the way, you know, you know, this thing with Musk and Tesla, I had, oh, it's, this is a, <laughs> when, when it first became apparent that, you know, okay, there was going to be an announcement, right, that he was doing it. Uh, of course, whether or not he closes, we'll see about that. But when that announcement first hit the wire, that this was a real thing. The market was way down that morning, and, and I put up a thing in the in one of the areas on my board, and I said, I, I am buying Spoo's long right now for a day trade. I'm out at 4 o'clock, and the market was, was at the time, the, the, the S&P futures were off 28 handles or something like that, and ended up plus uh, this 16 is or a, 17 or something along those lines. This is on Wednesday? And, and, well, and do you know why I did it? Because Musk's deal was QE. Well, it, somebody also bought that morning four hundred thousand shares of Qs. Well, I understand, but but here's the here's the thing, Chief. Think, think about this. What 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 was the economic impact, the short term impact in the market of that transaction? It's exactly the same thing as the Fed doing forty billion dollars with QE. Why? Because you just took forty billion dollars that was in a stock, one specific stock. And the people who had that, now that's forty billion dollars in cash. Where are they going to go with it? Probably in another stock, right. right? Right. Okay. Well, guess what? That's the that's the easiest, stupid level trade you could make was to buy the broad market on that. I mean, you don't know where it's going to get targeted, but you buy the broad market on the announcement. Now you don't hang on to it for any length of time because it's you know it's good for a day. Well, it's a, but, it's still not the same, Carl. And I have to, I'm going, to, I'm going to argue with you economically on a technical level for about two seconds because it'll bore the hell everybody. At least, at least the Fed didn't create that money. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Musk had, had to sell. What do you sell? Four million shares the same day and dropped the stock a hundred bucks. So well, yeah, four, four. Okay, so he sold. So he sold four billion dollars, and where'd the other thirty-six come from? Well, but he, he he's pledging the stock to a bank. I, I understand yeah. that. But so this, the bank the is going to bank printed the credit. Yeah. So the so the bank the money comes out of their equity or whatever the hell it is. The cash comes out of there into other people's pockets. It's it's just flipping around. It's not the same. I, as the, I, I get that. All I'm pointing out is that from the from the selling and buying pressure in the market on that specific day, 
you were going to see upward pressure on prices in the broader equity indices, and that's exactly what happened. You have you have uh, borrowed money coming in to buy equities, correct? Which is what you're saying. Yeah, and, and yeah. guess what? Um, what what is when you get down to it? What is QE? QE is not printed money. QE is credit issued by the Treasury that the Federal Reserve liberates into going into wherever it goes. And where where's it gone? Well, it's gone into the P.E. ratio of all the equities and equity market. It's also gone into the price of bonds, which makes yields go down. Well, that's right. What, what, where do you think, I mean, we've had, this is going on here for several weeks. And and right now, I mean, despite, I'm, I'm not a market prognosticator. I, I stopped doing that after four days on the trading floor in 1980. Uh, but I will say this, Carl, there, there is a my, my, you know, people I talk to that might want to become clients and so forth, and they're just, and what's going around right now, if my stocks just get back to where they were, then I'll protect it. That kind of thing. Everybody's in, everybody's in denial, and I'm not talking about swimming in the river either. Uh, right. But it, the, uh, we're, we're in this change of pricing, we're in a change of interest rates, we're in a change, a serious change going on here, the likes of which I haven't seen since August of 82. I mean, it's, but I, it's the same mentality. Carol, Joe Granville, sell all stocks. No, you idiot, stocks are at 800 and interest rates are coming down. You don't want to be selling them, you want to be buying them. Well, right, you buy, that's, yeah. yeah, when you've got the trend change, yeah, you want to be on but, the other side now, of that trade. You, you may be early, but boy, you do not want to be late. Right, well, they, but I, the other day they had a, a gentleman out from Canterford Cheryl, I haven't seen many from there in a while, and somebody after him from one of the other places, and the, and the Canterford Cheryl guys talking, they asked him about, you know, this alleged bear market we're in, which we sort of are. Uh, and he says, well, uh, these stocks are still way, way too freaking high. I mean, I mean, what, what are you talking about? They're, they, they're going from 60 PE to 55, you know, and even though it's a big chunk of money. Right. But I mean, we're talking about some of these companies. I mean, Nvidia is what, $400 billion out of market cap? Uh, you know, some of these say Apple, or not Apple, uh, uh, what's the other one? Google is down how much? Uh, we've got, uh, some of these things. Microsoft at one point was down $60, it bounced back 20. They've got seven billion shares outstanding. Sixty dollars are like a lot of dough. I mean, it's, it's like real money. But I mean, I, I looked at uh, and I do not. It's up four bucks today, so I'm glad I didn't short it. But I look at stuff like Lululemon, Carl, and I know some of these places are going to be winners. But I did. I did this in in two thousand with the dot bombs. I took like ten of the biggest ones, saw where they were trading, figured out that at their at their p at their uh, margins. What they had to do to actually make enough money to be like a 20 PE and send people a dividend. Carl, the, the top 10 or 15 stacks, we had to like double our GDP. It was like the, the, one or two could make it, but they all couldn't make it. There wasn't enough money in the world. Right? It, it, Chief, I got, I got out of the Internet business when I saw the collection of dot bombs claiming the entire GDP of the world on a forward basis, on a five-year forward basis, Six times over. Yeah, yeah. Well, same okay. thing. And when I added that up and I said, okay, that means that 80% of these companies are going to cease to exist. And, and that's, I, being, that's, that's being pleasant about the future. And that's what happened. That, well, and that's exactly what happened. But that's, you know, uh, that was such an obvious situation. And the thing is, we've got the same thing going on now. Okay? We have, when you look at cyclically adjusted PE ratios, we're at four times where the long-term average is that provides a reasonable market 
rate of return. But by the way, I'll define that for you. A 10-year forward rate of return of 7 to 8% per year. Okay? We're at four times where that normally is. And that's even after the drawdown that we've seen so far. Well, I'm looking at... Uh... So anybody that thinks that, that anything is trading on a reasonable multiple today is out of their blankety-blanking mind. Well, that's but that's the story you're being... They're on sale. It's, I mean, I'm looking at... I mean, well, video, I understand it, but they're yeah. not on sale. They're still, okay, yeah, they're on sale. So the steak was $50 a pound. Now it's 48 and it's on sale? Well, that, I, you know, I'm with you. I'm just telling you, I, I, <laughs> I, Carl, you, my conversations all day, not not with my clients, you know, they're fine, but would-be clients, they they want you to promise them a 20% return next year. I go, what are you talking about? <laughs> Excuse me? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking at this. NVIDIA, and we've got a bunch of that for some of the places that I, I do business with. The thing's on $100 in a month. Now they've, yeah. got, they've got, what, 2.6 billion shares outstanding. It's $260 billion. The thing's still 48 times earnings, Carl. Right. And, and that's, and see, that's the thing is that you, I, yes, it's expensive. Yes, it's gotten a little cheaper. The problem with things that are expensive is they, get a, they can continue to get cheaper. <laughs> well, and I, I am a, I guess I'm a fan of, of attractive ladies walking around in Lululemon stuff, uh, the stock is forty times earnings. They're an apparel company. I, 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 uh, that's uh, see, that's a, the, the, that's the sort of lunacy I'm talking about. And then the other problem that you have is this: in a in a generally declining rate environment that, that persists over decades, which is what we've had for the last forty years. Yeah. Okay. I can literally run a cash furnace, literally, and show good numbers on my quarterly reports. And the way I do it is I never pay off a single bond I issue. I simply roll them over at lower rates and I can make the coupon payment off what I just borrowed. And because the rate that I pay on every refinancing is lower and each rollover takes place, it frees up more of the cash, I can literally burn the rest of it in a furnace and as long as that pattern persists and I can continue to market the debt, everything looks fabulous. And my stock price continues to skyrocket. The problem is I haven't produced a single thing of durable value. Well, you, you, you sound like the, uh, your, your buddy, uh, Jack Welch, who, uh, you know, thinks, thinks he's the world's greatest, uh, chairman and he did well when he was there, but GE did exactly I'm not going to say they took advantage of the Resolution Trust, because I'm not so sure they did so much of that, Carl. But during that era, when stuff was essentially being puked out after the uh, the, uh, the the fiasco in the, in the 80s, the, student, or, right. uh, they, the stuff was going for 10, 20 cents on the buck. And so GE had a triple, triple uh, A credit rating, which I think they lost somewhere along the way, but they had a triple A, and they were able to borrow short-term, all this dough, at, at the at the lowest rate at the time, which probably was still, what, 12% when everybody else paying 13 or 14 So they went and bought all these depressed properties at, at a rate of 12-something percent. They were getting stuff at, what, 15, 20 cents on the buck, easy. Because, uh, I mean, it was just a wholesale uh, slaughter of stuff coming out of savings and loans. They set that company up for really what thirty years because every every month the rate rate went down. You're you're not right. in a place. And, and, and like I said, this works this works beautifully as long as that trend continues. The problem is it can't go on forever, and and yet now 
right, look at where we are now. Well, they got look a, what's happening. Yeah, well, they they got a good thirty some years out of it. <laughs> well, I understand that, but what ha- so so what happens when you've done that and you've got ten times the debt that you had outstanding ten years ago? Oh well, yeah. Well, you, have, you have no capital equipment because you you're, you've become a, a quote unquote asset light company, right? So you have no capital behind any of this, and then rates go up and one of your bonds comes due. Well, yeah, you don't, you don't want anything on your balance. I mean, you, the airlines are the same way; they don't want anything on the balance sheet. Well, but the, but you're yeah. dead when that happens yeah. because you still financed all of this. That that debt service still has to be made, and when you roll the bond, it's not a two percent bond anymore. Now it's a four. You're, you're not dead if you're big enough. You go to the government and say, "I'm, a, I'm an essential industry. You got to pay me." Well, you know, okay, all right. But you know what? Yeah. I mean, you understand the problem. I mean, you, know, you get the economics of this, okay? Yeah, but, but I, but and, I, I, and I understand if you're a big enough company, you can pull this kind of stuff for quite a while. Well, the idea that uh, the business cycle happens and bad things happen to people that's out of their control and so forth, and small and medium businesses, you know, the health of it is, if somebody screws up and he's an entrepreneur and he's good, he may screw up his first time or two times, and all of a sudden, he, he learns. He's, he's he's an American. He doesn't right. quit. He comes back, and he's got a third business. And guess what? The guy's off to the races. The guy or lady, and, well, that, right, and that's it, the it, beauty it, of it. You but, know, then, and then you look at people. Everybody is is howling on both sides of the aisle about Musk putting this thing out for Twitter in the first place. Okay. Has anybody has anybody paid any attention to how Musk got every single penny beyond PayPal of what he has? Uh, I have, and you have. Well, yeah, he's he's a tax farmer, which means he stole the funds from you by force. Yeah. Well, so but also- he has managed to steal three hundred billion dollars from you and I. Well, have you, have now you, he did it legally. He got the government to do it, but every single car General Motors sells, they pay him. Yeah, it's scary. Hey, uh, Kyle, real quick though, and the way he's going to finance this thing, there's always, you know, if, if you read, uh, you know, if, if you read history, whenever anything kind of messes up, there's always like one. It's not even the cause of the event, but there's one thing at the top. It's like. The stock market crash was the cause of depression. No, it wasn't. We were already in. No, it wasn't right. But but the, but but there's always a singular event. The way this test of dump, correct me if I'm wrong here, because the way I read this thing briefly, that he was going to come up with like three or four billion cash. He was going to put up twenty some billion in uh, his own stock for a quote a right. loan, and it was going to get another loan from a bank for the other twenty. So now you've got stock on top of stock. One that's trading pretty darn high. Buying another one that is at its all time high. Well, I don't know if it's all time high where you're buying it. God, Carl, what could go wrong there? If, if, if Tesla goes down another 300 points, what does that do to that quote margin loan? I mean, who the hell? This, this is, this could be chapter one of, uh, the, you know, the crash of 2002. If there, if there is one, and I sure hope there won't be. But I mean, this will be, even though it probably didn't cause it, the idea that anybody would take this kind of a deal, this is insanity. Well, I, you know, when I, when I looked at, uh, you know, what's been published about how this, and, and part of the, part of the thing is, and there's, there's been some criticism on the net about this, and it's, and it's true, is that there's, there's not a lot of, of public disclosure about exactly how this syndication took place. Okay. Um, so let's assume that it's real, and that he's, he's not playing funding secured again, like he did with, you know, with Tesla, right? 
and that, which, by the way, he got his hand slapped for it. Should have gone to prison for it. If you or I did that, we would have ended up in jail. Well, but, nothing, nothing happened to him for buying more than five percent of the shares. Well, that that's the about. other thing is he he went he blew through the five percent limit without filing, which you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Only Buffett has an exemption from that, as far as I know. Um, so. The thing that's interesting about all of this, though, is let's assume that, that all of this is 100% of the up and up and the, and the transactions for real. It, the funding mechanism, when you, when you look at the fundamental problem with all social media companies, it's that the funding model is fundamentally broken. And the reason it's broken is proved by the fact that there is none, there are no social media companies that exist in which the funding model is direct, a direct charge on the consumer. Now, why do I say that means it's broken? Because if the ARPU, the average revenue per user, is twenty-five, let's say it's twenty-five dollars for a particular company, I'm just pulling a number out of my butt. But you can look this up in the ten Qs and find out what it is for each of these firms. Say it's twenty-five dollars. If if you are a advertising-based company, whether you're Google, whether you're Twitter, whether you're Facebook, whether you're you're any of these firms, the reality of the situation is. For me as a company that is buying advertising, when I'm doing marketing, and, and if you haven't run a firm, you don't understand this. If you have, you most certainly do, or you're bankrupt. Your, your return on your marketing spend must be the inverse of your operating margin or better, or what you're doing is lighting dollars on fire. So what this means is that if the ARPU's 25 bucks and beyond about a 10% gross operating margin, you attract competition within most businesses, which is absolutely true, then that means that that's, that's probably about where the people who are buying this are coming from. What that means is that every one of the people that's on Twitter, on average, it is costing you $250, and you don't know where that cost is being extracted from you, but it is. What uh, you think that... I don't know how much time here. Do you, do you think when you reach a point like uh, Facebook or uh, or Twitter that you're it's it's somewhat of a singular game? There probably aren't going to be four of them because you know your 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 girlfriend or the people in the office or you you're not going to keep up on four Facebooks. There's only going to be one, I think. Well, yeah, but see, see, here's here's chief. Why would you would you ever intentionally? Pay ten dollars for a dozen eggs when you can pay a dollar. No, no. Okay. The only reason these companies exist is because you, as a consumer, are being defrauded. Okay, but I'm still saying we had the argument the other day when Eliane was on, where she thinks and there's a lot of competition to Twitter. I, I can't imagine Trump if he was left on there, or Biden, or you, or anybody, all of a sudden doing the same message to five different Twitters. It seems like no, and you know what? There's there's all kinds of game playing that goes on, but here's but but again, the real scam in all of this, and the thing that, that I you know, I mean, you say, well, you know, Musk is going to say, you know, the the left is freaking out that he's going to expose their algorithm and the shadow banning is going to go away, and everything. maybe it will, maybe it won't. I I don't care. What I do care about is that here is a guy who has figured out how to steal three hundred billion dollars from the American people legally. He has gained the system in order to be able to do that. He took the money out of your wallet. Yep. You paid him. You're right, the reason he has the money. I'm the reason he has the money. 
He did not earn it through actually building products. That is a lie. And that that is absolutely the case. All you got to do is look at Tesla's balance sheet and their quarterly yeah. reports from the last year, you know, all the way back to when the firm started. We got we so, got a dash car. We'll, we'll pick this up next week. I agree with you. And none of my question is if that thing goes down, there's a lot of there's a lot of leverage all over the damn place in that thing, boy. And if, and plus Tesla's, you know, if Tesla went down on a couple hundred bucks, I wouldn't be shocked. There's there's lever, leverage all over, my friend, as you're saying. SP futures up down 42, Nasdaq futures down 175. Kyle, thank you because I had a bunch of stuff uh, for you today. And by the way, you you came up shining on all of it, which you usually do. I'll be back on Monday. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Good luck with your layoffs, all right? I hope your firings go really well.